Welcome to the RSM Podcast, Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about Rock Solid Ministries, our free revival service, printed materials, and devotionals, or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. My guest today is Marshall Conklin, youth minister with First Christian Church in Vandalia, Missouri. Now, Marshall is fairly new to the staff at First Christian Church, and though I held five revivals in Vandalia, we met for the first time while I was in a revival with First Christian Church in November of 2023. So I'm just anxious to hear about you, Marshall. When I met you, I knew, I saw that smile on your face. I said, this is a guy I want to talk to. So uh, Brother Marshall, (laughs) tell us your story. All right. As you said, my name is Marshall Conklin. I grew up in this area. Um, Town of Mexico, Missouri is just about 30 minutes away from here. And that's uh, where I was born. And uh, most of my growing up years was in Mexico, Missouri. My my dad still lives uh, just west of town. I live east of town of of Mexico. And, uh, you know, one of the great things about... uh, my growing up years, you know, I didn't have a come to Jesus moment. I just had the the, the thrill of living in a family with, uh, you know, good godly Christian parents. That is so good to hear. It's just been, you know, incredible watching mom and dad, uh, which my mom passed away just a little over a year ago. Oh, I'm sorry. And so um, in the, in a couple of weeks, it would have been mom and dad's 70th wedding anniversary. Oh my and goodness. So, so yeah, and, and dad was here, you know, one of the nights of revival here. And so, yeah. uh, so and he I, gets I, around I mean, and, yeah. and enjoys, you know, visiting churches and stuff. And so, um, grew up in a, a large family. There's six of us kids. And, and, you know, one of the great things that, had growing up, and that is, church was just a part of your life. There's and, no question about it. It's just it was how you lived. Yeah, and uh, and you know, and back then you had, you know, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night prayer meeting, and that type of stuff. And you know, there wasn't any question. That's where you went at those times. But um, mom and dad also gave us some experiences that were incredible too. And that is, mom, her her gift was hospitality. And and so yeah. with a big family, she always made big meals. And and this was, you know, before cell phones, people would stop by and, you know, they'd come and they have They just come in, here we are. That's right. Yeah. So um, as far as I, I knew a lot of preachers, Bible college professors and stuff <laughs> uh, through the years because they were at our house. So I'm guessing your, your dad was a farmer? Uh, did agriculture stuff. Okay. He started out, uh, when mom and dad got married, he started out farming. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first two years, there was a major drought in this area and a disease that hit hogs and stuff. And so he just had to put that on hold. And So it's more hobby farming that, okay. that he has done through the years. All right. And so, but, uh, but a lot of 
his stuff has been agriculture related. Now, the church you attended growing up? Uh, Kentucky Road Christian Church in Mexico. Okay. Was, and that's where Dad still attends. And, and so uh, one of the other things that Mom and Dad did, and that is they you know, made sure that uh, you know, church camp was you know, a part of our summer schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're not that far from Central Christian College. And so as kids, if there was something you know, on, on campus happening, even though it may be adult-related, we, we went. You were there. Yeah. And so I got to know wow. students and stuff. And so, uh, you know, it, it was just a lot of fun. How blessed is that? Yeah. Man, oh, yeah. Definitely. You grow up with parents <laughs> like that that, that yeah. loads you up and take you to the, to the yeah. nearby Bible college for experiences there and make sure you're at camp. Oh, my goodness. And, and revivals that, that, you know, in the fall. That was just part of our... You just load it up when there's a revival in the air? That's right. Now, we raised our kids like that, and there weren't Christian churches, a lot of them close to us, so uh, they were used to falling asleep on the way home because no. we'd drive <laughs> 70 miles yeah. to get to revival because we were just, Beth and I were so hungry. I think my wife was hungry for good preaching back then. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but but we went to, to those revivals and, and load them up and... And uh, I, I wish I, we could see that more. There's a right. few families we see. There's a few families when I get over in West Virginia that, that they'll show up with their three, four boys and oh, their uh -huh. every revival, no matter where you're at, they're going to mm -hmm. be there. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah, my last ministry, there was a, a young family that they, they just jumped on that idea and they just traveled in the evenings when the... Parents got home from work and they they went to revivals and they just enjoyed that. There's a, a church in Kentucky and the men there have what they call the revival club. And whenever there's a revival, they get in their cars and they'll go out to eat dinner and they'll go to that revival. And it may be an hour away, but it, it's amazing the ones that will show up. I'll be at a revival and I know it's got to be an hour, hour and a half from them and, and sometimes a little further. And... I look out and there they are. There's the revival club sitting there. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I like that. I idea. think that's a great yeah, idea. That's a very good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you you grew up in the church. Uh, when did you? Uh, you said it wouldn't have come to Jesus moment. It was just kind of a natural thing for you. But when did you accept Christ and get baptized? It was July fourteenth, nineteen seventy one, and yeah. at the the Shelby County Christian Camp, you know, just outside of Clarence. Okay. And um, and so it, it was just one of these things. I, I just knew that's what I was going to do. It was and, time. Yeah. And uh, how old? I was 10. You were 10. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And it stuck. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And, and I knew it would, and, and I knew that that's what that decision was all about, that right. it was going to stick. Well, you were raised that way. Yeah, that's right. Some, I have saw someone recently made a little complaint about someone pretty young getting baptized, and I think the little girl was maybe six, seven years old. But that person did not realize that that little girl's parents are involved in bringing people to Christ daily, daily. And that little girl knew. I mean, she knew. And you, you question someone that young, but she really understood. And my oldest daughter was just seven years old. And my other ones were older, but she was seven, but we were in new church work. And we were baptizing on a very regular basis, mm -hmm. weekly, if not daily, a lot of times. And uh, she came to me and said she wouldn't do this. And I was a little nervous about it. So I said, 
go talk to the youth minister. She had been talking about it for a while. I said, go talk to the youth minister. I want you to talk with him a little bit. And he came back and said, Tom, I just, <laughs> I yeah. got no reason to say she shouldn't. Right. So, and it stuck and she works for us today. No, <laughs> very good. Right. Yeah, like one of my sisters, uh, you know, I have two younger sisters and, and one of them, I think she was, baptized when she was seven or something, then yeah, you just knew. Right. She, she knew what was going on. Right. She knew what this was. And about. others don't know. I, I would not have known at that age. I was 17 hmm. and uh, raised in church where I went through confirmation and went through the whole sprinkling thing. Right. And I can tell you the truth. I had no idea what I was doing then. But when I was 17, I had a pretty good idea. I hmm. learned a lot more about it as time went on, but I knew enough to know that Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, yeah. And I wanted to follow him. Yeah, very and good. that got me started. But it, yeah. but it took me a lot longer because I was not raised. I did not have that blessing that you had yeah. with parents that were always in church and getting me to things like you. So yeah. that, that's great. So um, going to all these things, did you just naturally think, well, I'm going to go in ministry? Or was there a time when maybe a message you heard or somebody said, challenged you? It, I, I think it just all blended together. Um, as I have been asked various times, you know, when, when did you make that decision? And I remember the first time I was asked, what are you going to do? You know, it was one of those typical school questions. What are you going to do when you get older? And I was in sixth grade. I remember I was in the cafeteria at Hawthorne Elementary School in Mexico and was asked, what are you going to do? I'm going to be a youth minister. And, oh. and I, you know, there, there was no doubt in my mind. That's, that's what you know I was going to do, wow. and and so uh, again, it's a, just uh, a blending of a lot of experiences that that led to that, and and so I don't know any time before then, as far as coming up with that decision, it, that was when it was asked, and 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 so I got to verbally say. So you just went through high school knowing that's what you were going yeah. to do? Yeah. Knowing, did you know then where you were going to go to school? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I went to Central Christian College, Mobile. Because that was where your experiences were at. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and you felt comfortable with that. And yeah. it was close to home too, Yeah, which made it less expensive. Yeah, and, and I already knew students, which uh, two of my brothers were already, you know, one had just graduated, one was a student there when I arrived. And, and so already knew most of the professors and so stuff, of your so. of your five siblings mm -hmm. how many ended up in ministry my oldest brother he graduated from central then he went to cincinnati to mm -hmm. to get his masters while he was in cincinnati because he needed a job he uh, joined the police department and then there was a change for him he still did preaching but his thought was uh, you know, when somebody calls 911, it's the police who go first. So we, we need some Christian police officers to right. be there on the scene. Uh, he really had the desire of being a college professor. Uh -huh. but, uh, but then he stayed as um, a police officer in St. Louis County and then was kind of an uh, associate minister at their church. And, oh, and right. so he's retired now and... and uh, helps, you know, in churches and helping them with security things and, and with the school as well where he moved. Uh, then uh, my second oldest brother, he stayed in the Mexico area. He worked uh, 
at uh, a hospital in the area. Then my brother that's just two years older than me, he preaches just outside of Nevada, Missouri. Oh, okay. And, and so then my sister that's well, six years younger than me, she went to, to Central for three years and then uh, did a year missions in uh, Puerto Rico and then came back and her uh, high school boyfriend was a student at Ozark and so she went to Ozark and graduated <laughs> there and they got married. Okay. And, so, and then, which my, my brother-in-law, he is a professor at uh, Johnson University, he's dean okay. of ministry. And, and then my, my youngest sister, which um, she is adopted. Um, she was born in Korea because dad was in the Korean War and saw all the, you know, the orphans. Right. And so when he came back stateside and mom and dad got married, they just continually uh, checked to see when the two countries would agree to allow Americans to, to adopt. And so as soon as that agreement was, and I think it was... 1974-75 and Candy was on the first flight out of really? Seoul, South Korea. And, and so then um, she went into the, the military and she did 12 years of, in the Marines and then um, switched to the Navy and retired mm -hmm. as a lieutenant uh, commander, I believe. So Legacy of Christian parents. Yeah. And I'm just guessing your parents never looked at you and said, now... Aren't you sure? Don't, don't you think you want to do something else rather than being a minister? <laughs> and mom and dad never even said, hey, you know, uh, we'd like you to go to Bible college or be a minister. They didn't do either one, but they, no. but they didn't discourage it. Yeah, be, yeah, because that's just how we were raised. Right. You know, those were the priorities they had in life. And so. So did you go hard. right out of high school to Bible college? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Matter of fact, uh, during my high school years, I took night classes at Central, and, and so by the time I graduated high school, I had a semester of, of credits. Oh, nice. So, so yeah. Dad took um, one of my brothers and I, and we, we went up and took night classes. And so, so. <laughs> Oh, I tell you what, that is, that's such a great, that's a great story. Yeah. That's, it, that's incredible. It, it, it's a fun one. Yeah. 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 So... Four years of Bible college? I, I did four years, and I was just short of a couple classes, but there was a youth ministry opening, and so I jumped at it. And then uh, through just taking some uh, night classes and stuff, then about three years later, I officially graduated. Right. So I graduated in 87, but I say I'm a class of 83 because I really didn't do anything with the class of 87 except right. walk across the, you know, <laughs> to get my diploma, basically. So. so you just, you were anxious to get in ministry. You had an opportunity yeah. and, and went after it. And yeah. yeah, that's how it was with me. I, I, um, I was in college, not in Bible college, but I was in college preaching uh, because my parents were not as supportive for me being a, a preacher. So to keep peace in the family, I went to a liberal arts school. <laughs> <clears throat> but the only Christian church for hundreds of miles in any direction along I-40 had just been established out in the hills north of the town. And I was looking for a place to worship. They were looking for a preacher and I got hired. <laughs> and and uh, so after a couple of years and having almost uh, 
all the upper level courses I needed to have a degree in speech and drama, but but two years worth of other classes to take. I got married and just took to preaching mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just bought my commentaries and did it the hard way. Yeah. And uh, still a whole lot I don't know because I didn't go there, but I learned a lot of things other guys didn't know because they did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. uh, so tell us about that first ministry, that uh, how youth ministry. Okay, now I did a two-year internship when I was at Central, and then, you know, after four years, then I went to uh, Rolla, Missouri, and uh, it, it was a great ministry. They had an incredible eldership that was uh, very gracious with my mm-hmm. mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, but I also substitute taught in the high school, and that was, that was so much fun because the assistant principal who was my boss, the, the first day that I was a sub there, he set me aside in the library at the school and he said, okay, here's how we're going to do this. <laughs> he said, my, my son is a youth minister, but I can't convince him to be a, a substitute teacher. He said, you know, <laughs> and, and, and my youth group there was, you know, I, I had a, a good number of kids and uh, he said, basically any class that you sub, you're going to have kids from your youth group. And so what you do is you have your youth group know ahead of time that they are to ask you, now what do you do for a living? And that, okay, you're a certified educator with this school, you have freedom of speech and just teach. He said, don't worry about what the, the teacher has for you. He said, I want them to understand what real life is. And um, What and, a great principle. Oh, it, yes. Oh. And that was the time that they started uh, doing the in-school suspension type things. And right. he wasn't in favor of that because he said, that's not reality. Right. Because he said, you know, a, a kid gets behind in work. All they got to do is get in trouble. Then we give them a day with help. And so basically the idea is get in trouble and, you know, you can catch up. Catch up, yeah. He said, where in the workplace does that work? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I would have done as a, as a kid too. I yeah. got myself in trouble so I could catch up. And so every once in a while, just to surprise the in-school suspension kids, he would have me spend the day and they did not work on their homework. It, it was a day-long counseling session of reality, you know, that no, th- this is not the way you live. And so it, it was so much fun. Wow. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I just, just looking at you, and, and there's times I wish that, that I, I did a video podcast, because I wish, I wish the listeners could see your face <laughs> and the excitement, the joy on your face and the smile that you've got when you yeah. talk about this. It, it's, it's wonderful to see that yeah. in, in someone who's yeah. been ministering. So from there, what, what happened after that? And, 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 and so I, then I did 35 years of ministry, most of it youth ministry. There was a time I was the preaching minister, but it was a small enough uh, congregation that I did youth ministry as well. And then also uh, had interns from Central Christian College, taught them how to do youth ministry and stuff like that and and, um, various interns. And along the way, I, I've been married, but I'm a divorcee. Mm-hmm. I got a uh, 
a daughter who is the, the joy of my life. Oh my goodness, mm -hmm. you know, we've just had so much fun. I have you know, a son-in-law, granddaughter, and yeah. so it's, it's a lot of fun. But uh, my, my daughter uh, just was one of these blessings from God, just an answer to prayer. Yeah. And, uh, and so she got to hang out with dad doing hospital calls and nursing home calls, and that's just life to her. She just, yeah. you know, she just enjoys people and helping people. And, and so uh, uh, her, her husband, uh, had to to work through some of that that uh, she was so relaxed at funerals and stuff because <laughs> he was nervous and stuff. But she's a, you know this was just this is life. life you yeah. know, and, and uh, I'm, yeah. I'm always shocked at people who are shocked that there's been a death because yes, there's always death is part of life. Yeah, and and in fact the Bible says that we were. We were born for that very day, mm -hmm. so it, it's going to come unless the Lord comes back first. And I, this uh, is pause for a trumpet sound. If we yeah, can. that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. mind that. Uh, could sure use that right now. <laughs> uh, but so, has all your ministry been in, in the state of Missouri? No, there was uh, one youth ministry. I was just uh, south of Wichita, and oh, and yeah. so went out there for three and a half years or something like that, and then came back to to Missouri. Okay. Yeah. So in all of it, you've just, you've, apparently you enjoy youth ministry. Maybe you lean toward that more than the preaching ministry. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, there's also been times I supply preach. I enjoy preaching. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy youth ministry. Part of it is not just the ministry to youth, but also that opens up opportunities for me to rub shoulders with young youth ministers right. and just help mentor them to, to see, hey, stick with it. You right. Because as, as I tell them, yeah, there, there's the tough times, but that, right. there's tough times no matter what you do. Exactly. I've been saying that for a long time. Doesn't matter what you're going to do, yeah. you're going to have some tough times. And and then if you stick around in youth ministry long enough, uh, that eldership or the church board, they they become closer to your age. So you know you're you know you're just having conversations of, right. of just life, and uh, and so that that's creates a whole new you know. Um, well, in, in case some of our, our listeners haven't got their calculators out yet, when you're talking about age and you talk about when you're baptized and yeah. what year that was, yeah. uh, let's talk about age for a little bit okay. and, and youth minister. Uh, yep. your, your age right now? I'm 62. 62? Yep. yep. Right. 62 mm. years old mm -hmm. and got tons of energy from the look of you. <laughs> uh, and you got to. You've got, to, oh, you've got, yeah. a, you've got a good yeah. group of kids here and you're... Yeah. Uh, at the Vandalia Church during the revival, you're you're doing the children's program, right? And uh, that's an exciting thing. How does that work out for you doing that during a revival? It's it's a little different because, like at nights when you know we're having our fellowship meals, people are talking about the service and stuff. Well, you know, I wasn't a part of that because. <laughs> but the the other thing is, uh, everybody wants to know what happened with the, the children's revival. And, right. and so it, it allows uh, me to kind of uh, bump up the volume 
with children's Bible than what you do, you know, with Super right. Church on Sunday. Right. And besides, the, the kids have more energy, you know, at night than they do sure. Sunday morning. And so, so then it's, it's just kind of fun to, to see what are you, them. What are you doing with them this week? Okay. Uh, we are, uh, first we start out, I've, I've got this kind of a uh, beach ball that has questions on it. We, we toss it and then whatever the right thumb touches, they, they have to answer the question. It's just huh. fun little questions. Then we do singing and, and, and we, we turn up the volume and turn yeah. the bass up so that they're, they're jumping and hopping. And, uh, and then we uh, have our lesson. And so the, the first lesson was that b because of God, we are superstars. Mm -hmm. And God loves us and has always loved us and always will love us. Then, then we talked about the, the Ten Commandments and leading to the, the fact that, and then last night we talked about, okay, God has these laws and we have violated those laws and, and God had a plan. And, and so we looked at the, the, the birth, the, the crucifixion and resurrection last night. And so I, I went to the store and bought the... Uh, the story of the candy cane and mm -hmm. and shared you know it all goes together it's not just christmas it's not just easter the whole thing goes together and then uh, so then tonight we talk about the plan of salvation mm -hmm. and and then uh tomorrow night will be you know the great commission and and so that's, that, that's the progression that that is great i have i learned some years ago and it was actually from a couple that that uh we're living in Missouri, and we had them come do a, a music for us at a revival that in our church in Tennessee, where I was the preacher. And this couple had come to Christ under our leadership out in Colorado, and uh, through a county fair, hmm. and we were at, doing outreach there. And then he left his job on the police force, and they attended Ozark Christian College, and and uh, he's he's preached, he's been worship leader, uh, now he's an elder where he's at, hmm. Hmm. and. Um, and they both have worked for, at Ozark Christian College. But we, I, I said, would you come down? And they, they still had their boys at home. And, and I said, do the music for us at this revival. Because I, I was trying to learn. I was out holding revivals, Marshall. And we were doing good revivals. But I, I just wouldn't hit in the, if, you, if I could use the word, in the formula where, where I was at. Mm -hmm. And so we came with this idea. Let's, let's give our worship leaders a break. Let's let's bring someone in to do the worship, and let's also find, uh, well, well, that's what we did right then. And then when they came, she said to me, my boys and I would like to do a children's church revival. Would it be okay if after the singing, if we went over there and then Kurt, her husband, just led the invitation hymn and we'll do the, we'll do the fifth or sixth grade down. Mm -hmm. she, said, she said, and I agree, junior high and high school need to be out here, they're hearing these adult lessons. And in the weeks following the revival, I don't know, we had six or eight kids of that age that were baptized into Christ. Mm, she had really taught well. And we had young families showing up that I know would not have come if we'd not. We always had a nursery. And so in our packets we send out, we tell people this is a good thing to do. And you'll be surprised at how many families will actually come. Because if you don't like Tom, 
your kids will say, well, we have to go tonight. We're, we're getting the shield of faith. Yeah. Well, you know, we can't miss. So, right. And, and if, if they're not crazy about the children's leader or the preacher, they may like the quartet or the, or the worship band that's there. So you've got three things that will draw people right. in. Yeah. And, and there's going to be some excitement in somebody in that family. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. But the main thing is they're hearing the word of God. And uh, so I, I'm thankful you do. I know in the past the church here has brought others in to do it, and they may do that again, give you a break, let you come to the next revival. <laughs> but you being new, I'm sure that had something to do now, with you. Which I did, I did the youth children's revival last year for here as oh, well. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. So that's, uh, I appreciate you doing it because it, it really, it isn't just because kids can be loud. You know, bring the little children under me, you know, that's but right. it does give the parents a chance not to be saying sit down be quiet but to actually listen to the message and gives the kids something on their level that may change their lives that's right yeah and, and they they just get to to see you know living for jesus is fun yeah and and adults can have fun living for jesus they need to see that as well and so so yeah i I jump and do all the actions with the kids just like they do because I, I have fun as well. So suppose you'll be doing that at 83? Uh, I, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so too. <laughs> I, I see how the children react to you and I, I think that's wonderful. So uh, how many ministries, let's go back, how many ministries, just count up, how many places have you served in ministry? If, if you okay. can do that now. Uh, I think... Seven. Seven. Seven different. And, yeah. and six of them in the state of Missouri? Yes. Okay. Yep. And, and one in, in the Wichita area. Mm -hmm. right. And one preaching, right. particularly, yeah. at, doing youth ministry as well. Right. And all the rest youth ministry and, and all these years. So that's a lot of years doing youth ministry from the time you were, what, in your late teens? Mm hmm. Yeah. When I started the first one, would have been I was 19. Yeah. I'm trying to figure that up now. That what? How many years is that you've been a youth minister? Then is that? Um, it, it's over over forty years. Yeah, which there was some some gap in, sure. in there, but yeah. So, as far as ministry wise, I I've done thirty five consecutive years, and then then the gap. So yeah. Well, I want to touch on something you said a while ago, and you're such a you're such a happy, joyful guy. <laughs> I don't want to bring up negative, but you, you said that one of the things you like to talk to young youth ministers about is stick with it. There are hard times. Uh, any particularly hard stories that you could just kind of allude to or speak about that, and how maybe God brought you through it or how God taught you through those difficult situations? Well, the, the first thing that comes to mind is going through a divorce. Right. Um, because... You know, that's just not a common thing for a lot of church leaders to deal with, and that right. is a minister going through that. And and so uh, you end up attaching yourself to to those who uh, show grace, right, and have a listening ear, mm -hmm. and and so then you, you realize who your mentors are. And, and so had that, but then there's just also, um, like with so many congregations, once you start growing, then the comfort level changes. 
Right. And and so then, you know, you came in and messed our comfort level up. And so then you, you right. know, deal. Which one of the great things about, you know, the family I grew up in, and that is um, I, I have a lot of sounding boards that mm -hmm. uh, I, I can just, because they've experienced that too. Right. And, uh, and you know, there, there were those conversations that they had to me. Hey, you, you know, stick with it. <laughs> you know? Right. Because um, a few years ago at a, uh, a funeral dinner, a guy who had just retired from playing, I think, 11 years in the NFL. And his desire was, after his playing years, he wanted to go into youth ministry. And he did that for about a year and a half, and he was sitting across the table from me. He said, you know, how did you stick in youth ministry that long? He said, you know, people think playing in the NFL is rough. He said, it's nothing compared to youth ministry. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, hey, it had to do with uh, just growing up in a great family, and I could turn to mom and dad and mm -hmm. you know, turn to, to family members and, you know, and other people along the way. But... And so a lot of those challenges are the challenges that everybody goes through, but you got to have the right support system. You do. Uh, because it'll eat you up. Because, you know, Satan's involved in all of that trying to Absolutely. Eat well, you the, up. the wheat grows with the tarot. I mean, what, That's right. It's, it's all together. That's right. Weeds and the wheat all together. And we don't expect when we go into ministry that we're going to deal with that within the church. We expect it outside the church. But the weeds are growing there too. That's right. And and uh, we have to deal with the weeds as as well as the wheat. And that is difficult. I'm, uh, I'm getting close to 50 years in ministry. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are times uh, that Beth and I just sat and held on to each other and cried. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, but sometimes we held on to each other and cried for joy. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I would think that those times really outweigh the others. And there were times, you haven't been able to be in the, in, in the auditorium with us this week, but I shared that, yes, there were times, uh, in my sermon day of the night, I shared that there were times, yes, I wanted to leave the ministry and I was ready to pack it in. I guess it was Sunday morning, I was talking about that. And, and uh, I had an opportunity that I might could go and, and deliver potato chips. In a, in, a, in a truck. Mm -hmm. And I said, that sounded wonderful to me. No potato chip board meetings, uh, no <laughs> yep. chip meeting me at the back door of the, of the truck saying, I'm ruffled because of you. you know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm glad I didn't. Uh, uh, that was a particularly low time. And it wasn't the hardest time, but it was a low time for me. And and uh, I look back now and I see the faces of those who've come to Christ since that time. You know, not just before, but since that time, who may never have known Christ had I mm. walked away. Mm. And, uh, you know, if, if you're working for Ford Motor Company, you could, you could have a, a really tough uh, guy that runs the line that just gives you a hard time on the assembly line. You, you know, and you just almost dread dealing with him. Yeah. It doesn't matter where we're at. Uh, you're just going to have some difficulties in life. And that, like you said, that, this is life. This is what life is really about. And we need to stick with it. Yeah, and, and sticking with it, you also get the privilege of seeing 
the, the fruits of your labor. And, yes. and then get to see what that next generation does for the Lord. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it's been fun over the years to work with and, you know, in revivals or if it's a church camp, whatever, with, with kids who I had in youth group. And, and now they're in charge of stuff and I'm helping them out. And, you know, that's fun. Yeah. And uh, and then just, you know, sitting down with them, you know, after a week of camp and just, you know, pick their mind and just and encourage them, hey, you did a great job, that type of stuff. And so I guess you're going to church camp. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For all ages? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh my I, I I remember people used to say, I hope you enjoyed your vacation at church camp. And, <laughs> and I, oh, look on your face, tell me, you know what I know. <laughs> yeah. That is no vacation. Yeah. It, it's a, it can be a lot of fun, but yes. it's an awful lot of work. Well, yeah, yeah, there's a seriousness to it. Yes. You know, because it, it's, not, it's not just, you know, fun and games. There's a purpose yes. in all of that. But one of the early years of youth ministry, I, I would take a, a week's vacation and, and go and help my brother with a week of church camp. And the elder said, okay, you spend most of the summer at church camp. Why do you go on vacation to a church camp? So, well, I don't have a youth group to watch over. Free food, free housing. I said, and you, you just have fun. I said, you know, hey, why not? <laughs> when my first experience with a Christian church what we used to call Christian service camp mm -hmm. was uh, after I was married, and uh, it was in it was in our first church, and it was in Hebner, Oklahoma, like uh, uh, near Poto, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. uh, and, where that is? And uh, I forget what the name of the Lake Wister Christian Service Camp, mm -hmm. and it was rented from the state. Okay. And I think there was about six churches from West Arkansas and East Oklahoma involved. And Beth and I, we learned about it. I said, well, let's, let's go. You know, I'd gone to denominational camp when I was a kid and, uh, and, and enjoyed that time, but I, it was not at all like a Christian church camp. And I, I, I set in on the high school classes because I was young and ready to learn. And mm -hmm. these guys had a lot of experience. I, I learned a lot of Bible from them and I really enjoyed that. But Another good thing was Beth and I was were as poor as poor could be, mm. and we are some of those that never complained about camp food. Yeah. Yeah. We went three weeks that year, <laughs> and someone said, "Why are you going a third week?" And I said, "Because you don't pay me enough to stay home." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, right. and we had a group of kids, I think, every week that went too. Uh -huh. So that was a good thing. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask you about joys of ministry, but you already kind of touched on that just there about working with with kids. Well, working with kids now, times have changed. You've been at this for over 40 years. What do you see as a challenge now, uh, some of the greatest challenges for youth ministers going forward from today, serving in the United States of America in, in a, an American church? Uh, one of the obvious challenges, and that is early in youth ministry, the things that high school, junior high age were dealing with, now it's early elementary age are dealing with that stuff. Right. And wait a minute, you know, um, but, but they're just exposed to so much. Mm. And, and so, um, and what they're being exposed to, 
they, they're not grabbing hold of the evil that is being presented right. to them. You know, they, they may know, okay, somebody said this is wrong, but don't understand the depth of, you know, how evil it is. And so that, that's been one of the, the things that's just been so obvious that as far as how you deal with church camp, youth group lessons, stuff like that, um, you know, what I taught 30 years ago with junior high and high school, you're dealing with those subjects with early elementary age. And, and that's sad that... We have to do that. I had a youth group years ago, and I was I was talking about some touchy subjects about uh, about sexuality and things. And I had some parents of a boy. I guess he was a junior in high school that really raked me over the coals. He doesn't need to know about all that stuff. And because I was his minister, I I felt like I could not tell them what I knew about him yeah. and how badly he needed to hear that. Yeah. But. Uh, and I've even had on re revivals, people take their the teenagers and and have something for the teenagers rather than having them in the adult service. And they said, well, they don't need to hear all that adult preaching. I said, they're hearing adult everything else. Right. You know, and even if you don't have a children's program, children's revival going on, the children will get something out of it. And they're, believe me, at school, they are hearing adult stuff. And they need right. to hear adult stuff from the Bible as well. But if they can hear that at their own level, like a children's revival, mm -hmm. that's a good thing too. Mm -hmm. But those junior high and high schoolers, they need to be hearing, uh, they need to hear adult preaching. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna let this out of the bag down. I may get some mail on this one, but I, I really believe that teens, uh, I, I've never been one to believe that you ought to have separate teen worship uh, from, from the Sunday worship. I mean, now a Wednesday night, if you wanna do a teen worship yeah. on a Wednesday night, I think that can be done very effectively, right. but I, I really uh, think it's good to have the teens in there and involved in serving in adult worship because what do they do when they graduate high school? I mean, it's just, uh, That's right. if the services are the same style, there's not that much of a change, but if they're not, it can be a very big change. And, uh, and, and there are some good youth ministers who in youth church are teaching good, solid adult Bible lessons, and I, I commend them for that. But I still, and this is the old-fashioned Tom, I think it's good that the adults sit with the teens and that they mentor one, they mentor them yeah. in an adult worship service. Yeah, and one of the things is with, with junior high and high school, we have just a very small window to give them the training and the opportunities of, of serving. Because right. even as I was being interviewed here before I was hired, and that is, you know, my desire is one of the greatest thrills would be for a high school senior graduates and they either, you know, go get a job somewhere or, you know, they go off to college, but the church has prepared them for that moment. Right. So that when they walk in, you know, to that new town that, you know, if you're a college student, okay, you, you figure out the campus and all that stuff, but you're figuring out where are you going to go to church? And then that first Sunday you walk in and you shake hands with the greeter and say, hey, I'm here for the next four years and my home church has prepared me for this. What do you need me to do? 
Yes. That, that's, that's what we, that, right. to go along with what you're saying, that's why, yeah, the, the teens need to be uh, interacting with the adults and giving them that responsibility. Of, opportunity to of, serve. Yeah, be, because, you know, it's not that it's too late, but man, when you have an opportunity before they graduate high school to give them those opportunities, if it's, you know, helping with a communion meditation or going and calling on people or whatever, it, those, those are special moments and it's just a very small window that you have. But we, I, we need to do it. I remember an interview from, from several years ago with uh, uh, just a real sweet fellow that, that was a deacon in one church and he was asked to fill in another church, ended up being there I don't know how many years. Name was John Boutte. I couldn't tell you what what podcast number he was, but I encourage your people to go back and find it. Be one of the early ones, you'll have to go on the Podbean app or, or through our website. But John said, growing up in the church he grew up in, and this, and this is a little church that's probably never had more than 100 regularly, and the number of Timothys that came out of that mm -hmm. church is just unbelievable. And it, Like this church had a lot of Timothy. Now this is a little bit larger church, but, but just unbelievable. And he said, on Sundays, the elders would gather up some of the boys and say, now you're going with me, you're going with me. And we would go out and we would serve communion to the shut-ins. And then we might make a call on a prospect or someone in the hospital. And when we walk out, the elder would look at us and they'd say, now boys, this is church. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, the training was just wonderful. And this man, so he was ready as an adult who was not in uh, and I'll put up my little quotation marks here for those who can't see, full-time paid ministry, but he was ready to serve when he got a call from nearby church and mm -hmm. said, would you help us and fill in a little bit? And that little bit, a lot of times in those church, fill-in churches can turn into, yeah. like one, one friend of mine said, they asked me to fill in and, and 37 years later, they gave, <laughs> they gave me a little plaque that said, you're hired. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And one of the great things, you know, growing up, not only you know, with mom and dad, the way that they raised us. But my home congregation, you know, this was in the early years. Uh, there, there weren't books written about youth ministry and stuff like right. that. But they understood. And the, the high school youth group basically could serve however they wanted to. Now, we didn't preach as much as the preacher did, but we had full reign. You know, back then you had Sunday school opening exercises. Right. The, the high school youth was in charge of that completely. Music, everything. Oh. Sunday night service, we were in charge of everything except for the, the preacher did it. And, and so we just wow, had those wonderful. opportunities. I, I, I've shared this with... Uh, one of the elders that uh, had an impact on me and shared with his uh, his family that I it was a Sunday night uh, and you know we we had communion time on Sunday night and we were in charge the youth were in charge of serving but also do the communion meditation prayer and and so I'm in the back of the auditorium and and I'm, I'm just making sure everybody knows what what they're doing and. A friend of mine, because the youth sat up front, and he said, hey, you know, Marshall, are you sitting up front tonight? And my comment was, yeah, but uh, I have to serve communion, and, and so I'll be up there in a little bit. One of the elders turns around, and he wasn't scolding me. He's just living his life. He turns around, and he said, you don't have to serve communion. 
you get to serve communion. That had such an impact. And probably 25 years later, I had the opportunity to do the, uh, perform the wedding for his grandson. And he had stage four cancer, the, the past elder. And I just sat down with him. I said, you know, do you remember saying that? I knew he didn't because yeah. he was just living life. I said, but that had such an impact on the, my focus of ministry. It's a, you know, I don't have to do youth ministry. I don't have to preach. I get to. Right. And I said, thank you for doing that. And, uh, and, and that was just part of the, the, the thrill of growing up where I did. You know, that's such a wonderful thing because nowadays you hear of, of a minister saying to the congregation, well, that's not in my job description. <laughs> and I, I guess I never had a job description other than <laughs> opening the Bible and saying serve, you know, and yeah. that's what we do and we get to do it. And sometimes, sometimes it's a drudgery. Sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes, let's be honest, it's a job. You do it yeah, because it's a job, right. but you get to do it. You that's still right. you get to do it. Don't yeah. have to do it. That's right. No, no, I can do something yeah. else. And and I don't want to be bound to a piece of paper that's called a job description. Right. No, yeah, no, I, I no, yeah. no. I, I I just no. I couldn't do that. I went to a church one time to to interview, and one of the deacons said something about me giving a report every month, a written report. <laughs> and I said, How about this? You hire me, I'll do my job. If I don't, you fire me. And you'll know I'm doing my job. And if I'm not, I deserve to be fired. And, and uh, I said, I, I could do that, but I'd spend two hours a month writing out that silly report to make sure I got thought of everything I did so I might try to impress you. And that's two hours I could either be serving this congregation or being with my family. Mm -hmm. And... and uh, I actually did write one of those in one church after I'd already been minister and one of the deacons or elder asked me to do that. So I did write that report and at the end of it, I said, and two hours writing this silly report. <laughs> and uh, it was one of the deacons and, and the elders looked at me and said, that's the last one you'll have to write. And, but they were, they were a great group of guys. Mm -hmm. I, I could say that to them. You can't always say that to everybody, but, right. but they, were, they were just a wonderful group of guys down in the, in the Tulsa area yeah. and one of the best... Mm -hmm. Uh, groups I ever worked with. So well, and be because one of the things, as far as like you said, okay, you take in two hours of ministry time to to write a report, but you know the people that you're presenting it to. No, we do ministry together. That's right. <laughs> and so well, why a report? Because we do it together. Yeah, and I've always felt like if I'm going to write a report, you write a report too. Uh, I say I get a report. What have you done as an yeah. elder? What have you done as a deacon? But right. then again, if there's young guys listening to us right now, Marshall, we want to let them know, don't say <laughs> That's that. Right. That's right. Don't say yeah. that. Yeah. If you do, contact us. We know churches That's are right. looking. Yeah. The, the, the first time I said that to a congregation, yeah, I was in my 60s. So oh, oh. I felt like I could. That's right. That's right. And uh, I'd been in ministry quite a while before I said that. And I knew my group. Yeah. I knew I could right. say that to them. So. Right. Well, our time's just about up. Uh, is there anything else you, you could add tonight? Oh, just... Uh, you know, if, if this was my last day of life, yeah, I look forward to heaven, but God has blessed me in greater ways than I could even imagine. The people that uh, he has presented in my life, the experiences, yeah, I, I was looking forward to doing youth ministry, but 
uh, it, it's been bigger and, and better than I ever imagined it would be. And so I, you know, I will go out with a smile on my face whenever because it, it's been good. And so I have enjoyed. So anybody who's thinking about youth ministry, ministry whatsoever, uh, man, find, find the good mentors, find, you know, the, the people that are your support team and just, you know, go for it because God's there to support you all the way and, uh, you know, always turn to him. But, you know, he provides some good people as well to, to help along the way in those struggles but they also are there in the joys and you get to experience those things together. And so it's been fun. Words of wisdom from an old youth <laughs> That's right, an old one. Words of wisdom. Thank you so much wow, for being yes. on the program with us. I, this has been very beneficial. God bless you, brother. Well, thank you. This concludes another Frontline Servants program. Keep listening for more programs like this as well as our Just Preaching and just music programs. And would you do something for us listeners? If this program has been an encouragement to you, tap the like and follow buttons, share it with your friends and co-workers in Christ, leave a comment, rate the program, and maybe even share the link on your social media site. We would certainly appreciate that. Until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.